Welcome to the Babe Lounge. I'm your host, B. I'm a high school senior photographer helping build confidence in teens while capturing memorable moments. I cannot get enough seeing my seniors come in and leave their senior photo experience with 10,000 times more confidence than they came in with. If you're a high schooler, finally a senior, just graduated, or even a freshman in college, this podcast is for you. Each week, I and sometimes special guests. We'll be bringing you the tips and resources on all things we wish we knew in high school, as a senior, and even transitioning into college. I'm so excited for you to be here, so let's jump right on into it. Welcome back to the Babe Lounge. I'm so excited to be here with, oh my gosh, it's a repeat guest, and I'm, I'm literally so excited that she decided to come back. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. I can't believe you asked me to come back a second time. Uh, Of course. (laughs) I'm so excited because today we're talking about quitting. And I think that that's such like a either like a taboo thing or it's like, a oh, my gosh, you're quitting again. And it's, you know, there's so many different ways to think about it. But I'm excited to hear your stories. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's funny that first time I'm here I'm talking about trying something new and now you asked me to come back and talk about quitting and I'm like oh absolutely I have so (laughs) many things to say about that Uh, just because like you said it's such a taboo word or like a a word that like when you hear somebody's quitting something you automatically think that they like can't hack it or they are incapable of doing right something hard and that's not always the case right um so like one of the phrases that I hate so much is like people in their families or like older people who say that like we're not quitters or in my family we don't quit you know because as if there's something like wrong with that um and I think that's just so problematic because you're implying that every version of quitting is wrong that there's no way that quitting something can be good for you in any circumstance I understand like why people have that phrase or why they say it especially to children when they're trying to get them to persevere through something right or they're you know they're trying to teach them resilience in some way shape or form but for me you know as an English teacher you got to think about what that word actually means Mm -hmm. right and here's where you have your boring English lesson of the day like the denotative or like what it literally means versus what is its implied meaning is Right. So quitting something meaning it basically just means that you're stopping to doing something and you're not doing it anymore. Right. You've decided right. that there's a hard end to it. But it's connotative meaning is much more negative. Right. It implies that you are refusing to do something. Mm-hmm. You're incapable of doing it. And there's this like lack of not resilience, but there's a lack of willingness to mm-hmm. continue with something. Um, but like if, if you say that somebody left a job or you Mm -hmm. say that somebody has moved on from a position that they're, you're essentially doing the same thing, right? You're quitting, but there's not that negative connotation to it. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, you quit your job. Congratulations. Or like, you know, um, even in relationships, I mean, you don't say we quit our relationship, but like breaking up, usually that's like a great congratulations moving forward. Right. And it depends so much on the situation. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there are times when quitting something is the best decision you can make for yourself. And, you know, I think about um, myself several times. It the, the biggest one that has really impacted my life from, you know, a young age, understanding that quitting something isn't always a bad thing mm-hmm. is quitting basketball. I know I talked about that on the last 
the last time we chatted, but I just really was unhappy. I didn't like my coach. I didn't like the circumstances. It just wasn't something that I wanted to continue with. And talking to my mom and talking to my dad, they they said, you know, it's up to you, right? If you don't want to do it, that's fine. You just have to be ready for the consequences of that, whatever that might be. But it ended up being a great decision because it led me to lacrosse, which led me to play in college and start coaching afterward and starting a team of my own that I've been able to grow and and watch be really successful like last year's the first year we really had a winning record and we went 15 and one uh, during the regular season which is mind-blowing like I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't left basketball and it's kind of crazy when you like think back like the whole big picture yeah is is so different than at the time like you were just quitting basketball right but like if you didn't do that then that wouldn't have that wouldn't have happened and it's like a domino effect of Mm -hmm. your life which is weird to think about too but Again, like we're not where we are today if we didn't do all of the things that we'd done in the past. Right. And it felt so big at the time, Mm -hmm. right? Like because I had been doing it most of my life, which is silly because I'm like 17 years old. Um, (laughs) But it was really, it was a really hard decision to make. Like I remember going into my coach's office Mm -hmm. and my assistant coach um, was there and he's one of the best coaches I've had in my life. And I just started sobbing when Mm -hmm. I told him I wasn't coming back. Um... And the one positive thing I think I I take away from that interaction with those coaches is that they just hugged me and said, we get it. Mm -hmm. Like, we wish you were staying, but we understand why you're making this choice. And that's something that I have taken with me into the classroom and then also with coaching, right? Because you have kids that come to you and say, I don't think I want to continue in honors. I think it's too hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Or with sports you know, I had one player who came and said that she wasn't going to come back her junior year because she just had too many other things going on in her life. She had a lot of honors classes that were really overwhelming. She had to work and that mm-hmm. was a non-negotiable. Um, and she was terrified to right. come and tell me that she wasn't going to be coming back. And we just had a conversation about how it's actually not a bad thing, right? To prioritize yourself and to make decisions that benefit you if you know what you need, it's really brave, actually, to right. say, here's my boundary, here's what I can't do, and it something has to give. Right. And unfortunately, it was lacrosse. But I think it's important that you reassure kids and even, you know, adults, too, mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're making big changes like this, that it's okay, that saying no to things and stopping something that's maybe not beneficial for you or hurtful for you in some way isn't quitting in the sense of like you suck and you're not able to handle it it's you are taking a a stand for yourself well and like if that person wasn't planning on going like pro or going into college to play a sport and or like whatever thing that they were deciding to remove from their schedule Mm -hmm. then like it's not going to heavily impact them later on as if like they were quitting one of their priorities like if it was if it was flipped, like they wanted to go pro and they decided to quit the sport, mm-hmm. that would have been totally different. And one thing that I hate too is, and I say this a lot in the podcast when we have episodes like this, the hustle culture mm-hmm. and how it's praised and how it's like you should be doing everything and pull all nighters and stuff. And that's not realistic. And a lot of people look up to others who are like um, encouraging it. And that's also what makes a lot of people spiral and makes things overwhelming and 
and also why like being a quitter has such a bad connotation because people are adding so much to their plate as they're growing, as they're learning what they like, but then they're not taking other things off their plate and because it's quitting and because it's bad and because everyone's going to hate you or you can't do it and you know. Yeah, it's not sustainable, right? That that hustle culture, and as much as I think that it's good to be well rounded and have lots of things that you're interested in doing and spending your time doing, right? Um, burnout's a real thing, mm-hmm. and knowing your limits and knowing when something has to get cut is just as important as sticking with something and and persevering through some hard times. Mm-hmm. Like I really wanted to drop out of Truman. <laughs> like freshman year I for college yeah yeah sorry Truman yeah Truman State that's where I went to college I really wanted to quit after like the first two weeks because Mm -hmm. I I went and I had like this horrible roommate who I had absolutely nothing in common with and I had just broken up with my my long-term high school boyfriend I didn't know anybody in my floor there was one other girl that I was kind of friends with Mm -hmm. that went to Truman but she's on the opposite side of campus and I called my mom sobbing mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to come home. And she said no. <laughs> and I remember being so mad at her for saying no that I couldn't come home because I just hated everything about it. And I didn't think I was going to be able to be successful there. And so it's like the third or fourth time I called her sobbing. And she said, you know what? You can come home, but you have to understand that coming home isn't going to fix how you feel. You're not going to have any of your friends here. You're going to have to get a job. You're going to be bored to tears. So if you want to come home, you can, but you have to stay and go through sorority recruitment. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. Because if you know anything about me, you're like, sorority recruitment doesn't make any (laughs) sense. So, you know, because I'm also petty and stubborn, I was like, fine, I'll do sorority recruitment. Um, So I did. And it, again, one of those things, like, it ended up being one of the best decisions that I've made, um, staying at Truman and joining that sorority because it gave me a lot of leadership opportunities it gave me my best friends that I you know to this day in my in my early 30s I talk to every single day Mm -hmm. um so I think that you do need people in your life to remind you that you need to persevere through some things right Mm -hmm. there are some decisions and some things that you have to see out but there are things that you can also let go Mm -hmm. of and like you said if you if you aren't doing a trade-off if you aren't recognizing that okay I'm going to pursue this a little bit more something else has to go and maybe it's something that you like or you enjoy but it's not your top priority Mm -hmm. that's okay there's two ways to think about like the way that you could have responded to like your mom too is if you did come back have you ever have you seen the movie it's new it's on Netflix and it's with Lily uh Lily Reinhardt and it's the look both ways oh yeah have you seen it Mm -hmm. not to like spoil it but like it's basically (laughs) like a movie about like there were there was a yes or no decision kind of thing and it kind of showed both life paths and how it ended up and like I feel like everyone knows like regardless of what happened it's gonna be okay it's not gonna be the same outcome but it's gonna be okay so if you did decide to come home it would have been okay and it would have been a little different Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't have been necessarily the same person you are today and where you are now yeah absolutely the it's just about being prepared for the consequences of whatever Mm -hmm. you choose right so if I had come home I would have had to get a job right. and I would have had to find a way to make new friends when um, everybody that I was close to was gone and, and doing something different. Remember 
that it's okay if the decision that you make in that time, even if it feels right in the moment Mm -hmm. and it ends up being a a bad decision later, you still made the right choice for you in that moment. And And you learn from whatever happens after right and it's going to take you where you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. um and you know sometimes you make a decision and it reinforces for you that you made a bad decision right um and you're like oh god like what was i thinking when i made this decision but now you're able to go more confidently right towards whatever it is that you are supposed to be doing exactly and like i hear so many funny stories about how you know someone at the time made the wrong decision for them but then it brought them even closer Mm -hmm. to like where they were supposed to be and they're like wait that's that's so funny because it was like a full circle moment and maybe it took me twice as long to get there I still got there Mm -hmm. um and like I remember as a kid like I wanted to play guitar I wanted to be on the cheer team I wanted to do all these things and like photography was kind of like the last straw for my parents like this is the last investment that we're making and helping you with on like your endless hobbies and <laughs> the the adventures then they're like we're glad that you want to try these things out and we're glad that you want to experiment but like you can't keep like changing your mind and quitting things because it's adding up like financially and so I was like okay I think this is what I want to do and luckily enough it was and I think with the idea of like before I made the decision like of investing in photography equipment and having their help and stuff like that was okay, is this really what I want to do? And at the time I was like, it is. And and now here we are today. Um, but like I had to go through quitting dance and quitting cheer and quitting guitar and quitting piano. Like I did piano lessons. I did like, I tried everything, but um, it's not always like the smooth path of, oh, I started this and then I ended with this kind of thing either. Yeah. And we, we guilt people so much mm-hmm. for quitting things. Mm-hmm. Um, or being like, oh my gosh, like, be used to be so good at piano. Like, I can't believe you stopped right. playing. You're like, okay, yeah, that, like, might be true. But, like, have you seen how incredible I am at being a photographer? Like, this is leaps and bounds beyond, like, what I was able to do or what I could have been able to accomplish. Um, and sometimes I feel like guilting people mm-hmm. is, like, for quitting something or making them feel bad. It's like we're trying to instill in them qualities that we, that we hope that they have, mm-hmm. right, that they – Um, have the strength to get through something that's tough that they are capable of more than they think they are right Mm -hmm. and encouraging them to achieve what they're capable of but sometimes I think we forget that we have to let people make their own mistakes Mm -hmm. and we have to let people decide for themselves what the best choice is Um, and when you when you guilt somebody for quitting something you're you're not allowing them to make their own decisions Mm -hmm. you're not allowing them to decide what's best for them and I mean sitting with guilt's like really uncomfortable whether it's like you're putting it on yourself or somebody else is putting it on you um but like you have to take ownership of what you're doing and if you know if we're if we don't let people take ownership of their decisions to quit something Mm -hmm. and like encourage them and be like okay that's you know that's what you need to do that's what's best for you right then we you know, I think you're, you're limiting them and their ability to, to get where they want to go. Well, in your experience with your, what was it? High school basketball coaches, Mm -hmm. like if they didn't approach that with how they did, you might've been scarred for life and you might've like, you know, and they gave you the opportunity to understand, like they understood and they came at it in probably a different way because if you were so scared to like even think about quitting, not saying that like any in particular person gave you the idea that like it was bad to be a quitter, but you had a negative experience 
in something that you were like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing yeah. something wrong. And that made you afraid of being who you were and like saying right. like, this isn't right for me right now. You know, that allowed you to see the difference. And not a lot of people, I don't think, get those opportunities with a lot of support who don't know that it actually even ever existed if they've only had the same experience of this is bad, you're going to regret it, you're going to, you know. And I get the protectiveness of, again, you don't want to be the person that's super floopy and can't make up your mind and super indecisive. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, again, if basketball wasn't right for you at the time and it would have been so overwhelming and you would have just been putting yourself through it, you know, it's not it's not healthy to a certain point either. Yeah. And you have to you have to do what's best for you. Right. Which brings me to my favorite story I'm going to tell about quitting, which you didn't even know when I walked in and no. I thought you knew. I thought that's why you invited me. Um, but I quit teaching, which my jaw dropped. I was like, what? <laughs> I can't even. I, it feels so weird to say that now, even though I know that I did. And it's like it's been kind of two years since I made that decision. It still feels unbelievable because there's a time in my life where I thought that that's what I was going to be doing and that's what I meant to do but I was having a really rough time um before the pandemic I you know most teachers go through like waves of like every couple of years you're like oh man is this really what I'm going to be doing this is really hard or you have a particularly challenging group of kids you like Mm -hmm. think to yourself like man like is it how am I going to make it 30 years (laughs) doing this nonsense and, you know, as somebody that struggles with anxiety and depression, I just wasn't in a great place mm-hmm. personally that year in teaching. And then um, the pandemic happened and it sort of exacerbated everything that I had been feeling about teaching. And, you know, people I, – I talked to everybody that I could. I talked to my therapist. I talked to my parents. I talked to my siblings who – have made similar decisions. You know, my, mm-hmm. my older brother quit his job to travel around the world with his wife for two years because wow. that's something that they really wanted to do. Um, and, you know, they did it for two years and then he was like, all right, I'm out of money. Like, I got to go back to work. <laughs> but, it, you know, like, so people whose opinions I really trust. Right. Um, I talked to Mrs. Rapp, who literally best friend of my life, rarely make big decisions without talking to her. And she just really encouraged me that, you know, I can do whatever I want to do mm-hmm. and my mental health comes first and she suggested that I look into taking a break from teaching and I was like what does that even mean <laughs> so I went and did some research about the policies for taking a leave of absence and I talked to my therapist because she had actually also mentioned to me that she wished I could just like take a break mm-hmm. and um which isn't like an easy decision like it's I mean- really not it's <laughs> there's so much that goes into it like you mm-hmm. have to talk to your um union rep about it you have to apply to the board for it if you're if it's for like a medical reason or for in my case a mental health reason you have to have a doctor like mm-hmm. write a note saying that this is what's best for you and then you know the board has to say that it's okay um and so this was like a this was like a month long process for me um to like make the decision that I wanted to do it and then after that was several months of like back and forth trying to get it to um to work out and one of the hard things for me I think through the process was I kept telling people I felt like I was being a bad teacher that I I wasn't doing 
right by the kids because I wasn't my true self. And they just kept saying, well, you have to remember that like your subpar is still better than most people's. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, thank you for that backhanded compliment. But like, <laughs> it doesn't make me feel better right. because I know that like I'm now being a teacher that I've never wanted to be, right. which is like the one that does the bare minimum, you know, that doesn't connect with kids. Um, and so I, I just really felt like I needed to take a break to recalibrate my mm-hmm. life. And reset to me felt like the wrong word when Mm -hmm. I was going through it because resetting to me meant that like I was going back to the same spot right at the beginning and I was gonna like go through the same experience over again and like figure out how to make it work but recalibrating to me meant that I had to figure out what wasn't working and what I needed to Mm -hmm. get rid of and what was still important to me so thankfully um when I asked for my leave of absence they said yes but they let me coach still because that was one of my like contingencies it's like if they don't let me coach I'm just gonna quit Mm -hmm. um because coaching is one of the few things in my life that has consistently brought me joy and I didn't want to do I didn't want to not do it right so luckily enough people in the district like know me and like me (laughs) or something I don't know and we're like yeah this sounds like a great plan um but it was really really scary mm-hmm. um but kind of like you were mentioning earlier like you have to I was very much in a position of privilege to take that risk and have people around me that really supported me um I mean I I'm working in finance now and that's because I'm working for my ex-boyfriend's uncle <laughs> who just like gave me a job um we love that and, no it's so funny because like you make connections through yeah everyone that you meet in one way or another and like I just had one of my I had my ex my most recent ex's cousin on the podcast yeah and I was like I just I need you on you have a lot of <laughs> insight and we're still friends you know but it's it's just so funny oh, yeah. how things I mean, work out I still call I still call my boss uncle George even though he's not my uncle and never has been <laughs> um you know so just just very lucky that like I was able to have that position right you know available to me and that he also um was like okay you're obviously not an idiot would you like to take these finance tests and continue to work for me and I was like sure um you know so I'm not saying it was easy by any means and Mm -hmm. I was absolutely terrified um but I I at least was able to take a few months and decide how Mm -hmm. I felt about teaching um and how it was making me feel and um how it was really impacting my life because teaching is great. There there are so many wonderful things about it that really change your life and how you interact with people and mm-hmm. how you, um, you know, change kids' lives for the better. I mean, probably some that argue that I changed their lives for the worse, but, you know, not everyone's going to like you. Right. Um, but you, you know, it's also really, really hard. And for like a couple months during the pandemic, like when it first happened, everybody was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, teachers are wonderful. They do so many things. Like look at all these great teachers that are trying to keep these kids engaged. And then it very quickly went back to like, teachers aren't doing enough. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been in a classroom with a teacher that cares about their kids, which is most of them, they're going above and beyond all of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's the minimum, right? That's what the bare minimum that's expected of teachers is to do above and beyond right? what your, your job description is. And it's just it's not sustainable and you have to you have to somehow be brave enough to make the choice when you're in a situation like that that you need to put yourself first Mm -hmm. and as a as a perfectionist and as a people pleaser that's never something I've been good at Mm -mm. never something I've been good at um and 
I felt so selfish for making that decision to quit. Um, as somebody who my needs and my desires are always last in, in the sequence of what needs to happen. Um, so it took, a, it took a lot of time to be comfortable mm-hmm. because I felt like I was abandoning my kids. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was abandoning my colleagues and my, my, my teammates that I worked with. Um, but again, you ha- you just have to be brave enough and, and have the courage to make that decision that this is what I need for right now. Mm-hmm. And if it works out, it works out. And if I made the wrong decision, I made the wrong decision. Um, but um, let's see, because by November, so like two or three months after the school year started when I was on my leave of absence, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going back. <laughs> um, absolutely not. No way. And you know, it's because I experienced for the first time in my life a job that is stressful, but not enough that it seeps into every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a job that I could leave work at work, and um, I didn't have to work on the weekends. I didn't have parents telling me that I'm a horrible person. Um, I didn't have the stress of, like, this kid came to me and revealed something and now I'm like worrying about them all weekend because I'm mm-hmm. not going to see them again until Monday. And, you know, did I do the right thing in mm-hmm. reporting, which I know I did, but, you know, you just have all of those, those right. feelings about it. Um, but sometimes you just got to like decide you're just going to freaking quit something. Right. Well, and I think any decision is really hard because at the time, like, especially with bigger decisions, like quitting a job or like one of my big decisions was I was going to be only an online student for the rest of my like college career. Oh, yeah, I remember we talked about that. And it was, I went first year and then COVID shut down like half of my second semester. I went back on campus for like my third semester but like two of my classes are online I'm like wait I love it and and I just from there just went online only and I was limiting myself on who I was gonna meet because you don't really meet anyone on your online classes you maybe see people who you saw in person but like no one talks to anyone new in online classes and I was like how am I gonna find a husband and you know we're still working (laughs) on it but like you know I was limiting myself in that way I wasn't gonna make more friends I wasn't going to have that same interaction and that was like really hard for me to be like all right but I'm like you know what whatever happens is gonna happen for a reason and I think that's such like a I I don't like the saying like I I like the saying but I'm like okay we got to stop with the cliche everything happens for a reason um a door one door closes another one opens God has a plan for you which like I believe in all of those things but at the same time I think that also reflects with the it's okay to be a quitter when you're when you're trying to figure out what's right for you and mental health always comes first and that's something that I put with my seniors with mm-hmm. just like everything in general with what I do is you have to be okay and your mental health has to be the top priority and I think a lot of times it is shown as selfish because other people are telling you 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 didn't put me first how dare you you're Mm. doing it wrong and you're like oh my gosh and that's something that like sticks with you from like the first or second person that says that and then that's how a lot of people pleasers become people pleasers because like that's literally I mean I'm getting better I'm getting better (laughs) and like I might not like say everything out loud but at least in my head I know like oh you're people pleasing like Mm -hmm. stop like Mm-hmm. cancel like no <laughs> just cancel it just right hard no and it's and it's really hard because a lot of times I think that you know especially in like the society it is today how are you supposed to look a certain way be a certain way act a certain way it's really hard to go against that because you don't want to be 
the person that sticks out and you don't want to be oh my gosh guess what she did she did this weird thing or can you believe you don't want to be the talk of the town yeah ever oh and I and I was (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) I definitely was when I decided to quit teaching um I was a talk of the town which I hated in the sense that like I knew people were talking about me or like when they would see me right they they would be like oh my gosh how are you and I'd be like honestly I'm great like I know what you want me to say and I know how you want me to feel um but that was that was also really interesting to me because I I really don't like people to talk about me or like when know you know my business too. at all and I know that they know right. and I know that that's why they're like coming and talking to me like people mm-hmm. that I never talk to would be mm-hmm. like how are you doing mm-hmm. be like fabulous thank you for asking um but you know the the one thing I will say about um quitting and like having everybody know is that there are so many people that reached out to me that said good for you or mm-hmm. like I'm so proud of you my favorite thing <laughs> and this is the moment I knew I made it in life which is like kind of embarrassing is my friend that taught who was close to retiring walked into my classroom one day after you know it had been announced that I it wasn't really announced but like people through the grapevine knew she walked Mm -hmm. into my classroom and she goes can I just tell you that is just the ballsiest thing I have ever heard in my life and I just thought good for you and this is a woman that's like a badass to me like she is she just takes no she does not take no for an answer and she is very strong in her beliefs and she's just a very to me a very strong woman Mm -hmm. and so the fact that she came to me as somebody that I admire and was like good for you I was like okay this is the right decision (laughs) I don't care anything else I don't care anybody else says she told me that it's it's a power move like it's a power move I love Um, that so that was fun and then other friends that were like hey how did you do it you know what that's something that I'm thinking about now like what advice do you have so that's been kind of interesting Mm -hmm. to give peers and or even people that are older than me like advice about how to quit something Mm -hmm. but it's wild I love that Mm -hmm. and I know who you're talking about which like we won't (laughs) say on here but like knowing who that is like I can totally see that and like I was kind of scared of oh I'm still scared of her and she's my friend (laughs) but like that's definitely like very reassuring Mm -hmm. and I feel like not that you needed that to know that it was the right thing but having that something that I feel like in her brain told her I have to go tell her I have Mm -hmm. to like verbalize this and Mm -hmm. say this to her face Mm -hmm. that just made it like 10 times better and I always have like those like little things that are like Mm -hmm. this was the right decision that was the right thing and like when moms come in and tell me like I've never seen my daughter light up this way or I've never seen her want to try like wearing different like necklines of shirts and I'm like you're kidding but at the same time like it means like you can see how much it means to them and you're like whoa Mm -hmm. kind of moments and so like having those reassuring things yeah those validating moments Mm -hmm. that you're You've made the right decision. And Which you're on the right you don't track. need validation from people to do oh, things, no. but it is like definitely. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You don't need validation from other people. But I, anytime anybody says that to me, like one of the biggest things people told me after I quit teaching was, you look so much happier. Like, I don't need them to know that like my life is happier, but it means a lot to me to be able to know that the way I'm living exactly. my life now, other people are able to see it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. It just shows. Yeah. And people are like saying it, and you're like, 
wow, you're like, yes, thanks. I know. Thank you. <laughs> right. Right. I've hit my peak. Thank you. Or, exactly. Um, but that's like so great. And I think a lot of times to, again, people are so scared to quit because of past reactions, whether it be friends, family, whatever, or like, I mean, and this is kind of off track, but like people coming out, like mm-hmm. there, whatever it is, you're afraid of the reaction. Mm-hmm. But then when you get the ones like out of left field, like your coach is just saying like, we understand. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think when even if people it doesn't happen to them, but they know it's possible. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of helps with the fear. And again, like not everyone's going to approve of you and not everyone's going to say, wow, great. Congratulations. Like people are going to be mad. People are going to be upset. People are going to talk. But as long as you know in your heart, which again, (laughs) cringe, cringe. Um, cancel me now. Um, But like, you know that it's the right move for you. Mm -hmm. You could always come back to it. That's the thing, too, I think, is, like, if you ever wanted to teach again, they're not saying you're never welcome back. And even if they did for some weird reason, you could teach somewhere else. So you could do some form of teaching in whatever capacity because so many new things or opportunities are opening up. But, like, it's okay to go back. Yeah. And it's so funny because I was on campus a couple weeks ago since I'm still coaching field hockey. And one of the principals said that exact same thing to me. He said, well, you know you left on good terms, so, like, we will take you back anytime you want to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously meant a lot to me just because that was a place that I spent all of my 20s, basically, mm-hmm. and learned so much and have so much respect and, and love for the people that I worked with. Um, but if you're going to make a decision like I made to quit something or leave something and it's something that you don't know if you want to come back to ever, you just got to make sure you leave on good terms mm-hmm. and and – you know, I don't really like the phrase don't burn bridges because some bridges need to be mm-hmm. like lit on fire and destroyed. But <laughs> make sure that that you're at least leaving the door open for something that you're passionate about that right. you maybe want to come back to. Right. And even when you're burning the bridges down to like nothing. Ashes, yeah. Right. As long as you're respectful and as long as you yeah. know you carried yourself right, that's all that that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, but no, I've heard that I that's saying so much like with friends, don't burn the bridges. You might need them later. I'm Just like burn if, it no sometimes. There's there's certain people I'm it's fine. Same. <laughs> and then also like when you're quitting things, like even in relationships, like mm-hmm. again, there might not be nothing wrong with either two people, but together it's just there's something toxic about it and again with jobs or relationships or hobbies like don't force things that's something that's been really big for me too is like with school and stuff like I take 18 hours and eight weeks like it's crazy like people are like you're crazy yeah you're insane (laughs) there was actually a school policy that you were only allowed to take a max of four classes so 12 hours Mm -hmm. in eight week time periods and I was like no I can't mentally do that. I need to do it all once. I got the thi- I got the policy changed. I'm not surprised by that at all. But <laughs> because it's you, right? And you're going to do what you want to do and you're going to fit like find a way to make it work. But like you got to, you know, some like you have to know your worth and you have to know what you want and it's it's okay to stand up for yourself and do that because you know what you're capable of. Well, my point to that too was um I lost it, (laughs) but it's going to come back to me. Um, Oh, but doing what feels right, because like I know how I like to study and how I like to Mm -hmm. do assignments. And I have another podcast episode on like how I organize mentally in my head, how I do all of those classes. But like 
if I don't want to start homework at 11 and I have it on my calendar for 11, I don't do it. I do it at 12 that day or like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't try to force anything because when you force it, like your productivity is so low and like your energy and willingness to do it is so low. And so when you start feeling unhappy about things, I actually have an episode coming on a girl who went away to college. It was not it was not a match for her. She didn't like it. It wasn't like anything that made her happy. She was almost more sad going there. She came back home. She felt so happy. And she was like, that was the decision that I had to make, even though it was so hard. And again, you'll hear it on that episode. But like sometimes it's the littlest changes and littlest things you do for yourself and your mental health that can literally change your life. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just have to keep in mind always that you know yourself better than anybody else Mm -hmm. you know your limits better than anybody else does and the people in your life that talk with you about it or they give you advice about it are doing it because they love you and they care about you and they want to help you make the best decision that you can but you have to trust yourself and that the decision that you're making is brave and Mm -hmm. right for you no matter what it is even if other people don't accept it even if other people are super critical about it um even, you know, people that are super close to you. Like when I told my mom I was going to take a break from teaching, her biggest concern was me having health insurance. And I was like, mom, I am, I'm an adult, right? Like I'm 30 years old. I've been paying for my own health insurance for a long time. Like I will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it's, she's a mom. So of course she's going to, that's what she's going to worry about. Right. But like it took having a lot of conversations with her to have her understand and realize like, this is what's most important for me. And mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, but like, you have to trust me. Um, and I think she loves uncle George more than I do now for like <laughs> giving me a job and like, right. you know, really investing in me and in my future and all that what stuff. was the thing that like made you decide to go into finance because that's totally opposite than like teaching <laughs> in a sense um I don't really think it was a choice so much as it was like I needed a job and uncle George had fired his assistant and like needed somebody and my boyfriend at the time was like I don't think you realize how quickly you're gonna run out of money like I know you have savings I know you have these other things like lined up but like I don't think you realize how quickly you're gonna run out of money And again, being the, you know, contrarian that I am, I was like, fine, I'll find a job. What am I going to do? And he's like, well, I think Uncle George is looking for somebody. You want to go talk? So I just went in and talked to him, Mm -hmm. um, you know, about like what I was, what was happening in my life, what I was interested in. And he said, okay, well, here's what we'll do. You just are, you'll be my assistant for a couple months. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how you feel about going back to education. And if you decide that you want to stay, We'll talk about what that means and like what the next steps are and he he was always very upfront with me about the fact he was eventually looking for a junior partner for his firm um and so it was like a couple of months and we you know we had that chat and he was like you're you want to start studying for these tests and I was like I guess um because I liked it you know mm-hmm. I didn't I don't my older brother's in finance and so I knew about I knew it a little bit but you know every time my brother tried to talk to me about it I just was like no one cares. No one cares about Roth IRAs. Nobody <laughs> cares about investing, okay, when they're 22, mm-hmm. um, which everybody should, by the way. You should care about investing in your retirement. Um, but I, it's been really fun to learn about something I've had no idea about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took my first test, which is like a basic securities industry exam, and I learned so much in that. And there's just so many things about it that I – 
and most people are oblivious to because like unless Mm -hmm. unless you know somebody in your family or you've studied it there's just so much about it that really opened my eyes Mm -hmm. to you know how the world works how money works Mm -hmm. um and so I passed that test and I'm studying for my series seven right now I took the test in September and I missed passing by like nine points which I'm still obviously very salty about um but you know this is something that I want to do right I've decided that this is the path that I'm going to take so I'm doing I'm doing a different study program now I'm taking it again in about a month and hopefully we'll pass um and then I have another test to take after that um that'll let me give people financial advice um as opposed to just making investments for them so if you (laughs) if you told me when I was like 25 or 26 that I would be working in finance I would have laughed and told you to leave like (laughs) absolutely not and all of the kids have had me in class know that I like joke that like I don't do math Mm -hmm. I really don't do math so it's it's interesting change but at the same time I think it's a natural change because there's still a lot of aspects of teaching in it right Mm -hmm. like you have you have clients that come in that have never done any sort of investing before and you have to talk them through what all the different products are and mm-hmm. you know what their what their objectives are and how we're going to help them reach them you also have to like calm people down right like especially like right now with inflation and <laughs> interest rates right. being where they are um, we have clients calling in all the time being like I want to take out all of my money because I'm so scared and you have to be like well that's actually like the worst thing right. that you could do right now you know so it's it's interesting that I'm doing it but I'm learning so much and and that's been really fun as an adult to learn something new mm-hmm. and prove that I can do it the first test I was really nervous about because I I had a lot of well what if I made the wrong choice like what if I try to take this test and I don't pass for some reason passing that first test was like my metric of whether or not I was going to be successful um and I feel like a lot of people feel like that way in certain situations yeah. though if you can't do the first thing then you're not you're not going to get farther than that right so when I did pass I felt really really relieved mm-hmm. um and then I took the series seven the first time and failed and a lot of people fail the first time mm-hmm. and I was one of those people that was like if I don't pass the first time like it's game over Mm -hmm. and then I actually took it and it was really hard (laughs) and the fact that I was really close to passing it without having any experience Mm -hmm. or knowledge of the field before is was really encouraging um and uh, you know my boss is also just very great he's like you didn't pass it's fine you did a really great job like you're right. gonna you're gonna pass the next one well, i'm glad it's hard because then anyone could be doing whatever you know the yeah. financial advice and that would not be great i mean if i could pass true. it that would be horrible because i don't know anything <laughs> yeah i mean but then again there are a lot of like finance bros that like you're like how do you do this right why would i trust you right um but yeah i mean it, it they are they are trying to weed people out and, yeah. and make sure that right. the people that are doing it are back good at it yeah back to your point too about like you know if you failed the first test and i think that like a lot of times we don't realize like our brains need the proof mm-hmm. that we can do it and so like um when it's the first thing, once you see that you've passed the first thing, your brain has proof, okay, we can do it. We're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we might not get it on the first time for the next five tests, but we are capable of doing something mm-hmm. and now we can move past the initial, you know, it's like, can you jump a hurdle? Like, right. I don't know. And like, obviously you need training to do it properly because you'll probably fall over it so many yeah. times. But like, until you get that first time over the hurdle correctly, mm-hmm you're not going to believe that you can make the second, third, fourth, fifth, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, not that I, not that I think people should just randomly start quitting 
everything that they're doing as soon as it becomes hard because I do think there's a lot to be said for persevering Mm -hmm. through things that are challenging. I mean, I have a friend who um, wants to be a teacher and you have to pass this hard test to become certified and she had been trying to pass it for like a year and she took it several times it was really discouraged every time she didn't pass thought that she wasn't ever going to be able to you know to pass it and be mm-hmm. able to do her student teaching and, and become the teacher that she wanted to be but she stuck with it and she figured out a plan to make it work while she was still trying to pass it like she um, did some long-term subbing she did lots of observation and she finally passed her test like a month ago and so she gets to finish and do her student teaching in the spring and she's so excited about it, which to me comes back to that idea you're talking about where like if, if it's something that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. if it's something that you're prioritizing above those other things, you'll figure out a way to make it work. That's what I was going to say. As you were saying that, like the passion is what makes it different is yeah. that like she still really wanted to do it and yeah. pursue it. And one thing that I've that's always stuck with me that someone said was you can teach a skill like, mm-hmm. you know, you had no idea what finance stuff things were and now you do (laughs) now you're you know you got it but like you you can't teach passion the Mm -hmm. same way you can teach a skill and so you know if if you're not passionate about something and it doesn't feel right quit it Mm -hmm. definitely don't like you maybe stick with it another week to month but like if it's still not making you excited if you're dreading going to do whatever it is that's when you need to reevaluate and look and think about is this really what I want to do for the foreseeable future or whatever it is yeah um and so also I wanted to like talk about when it comes to like quitting because Mm -hmm. again I feel like the biggest difference when it's like quitting just to quit and quitting when it's not something that's right for you is understanding like why you were doing in the first place is there a passion behind it and like at a certain point teaching just wasn't the you know priority it wasn't like the passion for you because you didn't like it the same way you used to and I think it's a lot of self like reflecting Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of people are like ew journaling gross like (laughs) and I wouldn't say if it's not right for you don't do it but like I think thinking back on like how you feel about something and when you see that recurring pattern of I don't like it or Mm -hmm. it's not right for me or it's literally adding to like my depression or anxiety Mm -hmm. that's when that's when there is something that needs to be looked at doesn't necessarily mean that it's time to quit something but you need to adjust to make it fit to not drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah, there, there's an evaluation process to it, I think, anytime you're making decisions like that because I still love teaching. Right. And I, I love my time being a teacher, and I wouldn't trade it for a different job. Um, and there are definitely days that I miss it, and there are certain aspects of it that I miss, but when I think about the toll that it was taking on me in mm-hmm. other aspects of my life, the fact that I had to set a password for my work email that I didn't know so I wouldn't look at my email on the weekend like that's a Mm. big indicator that I had absolutely no work-life balance Mm -hmm. um and that I I mean I had a panic attack a legitimate panic attack when I got an email from a parent um on like a Friday night about an interaction with a student that the student had completely misinterpreted and um told their parent about in not that I'm saying that she lied but like she just she wasn't completely honest with her parents about the situation Mm -hmm. and what I said like she misconstrued some of the things that I said um and you know luckily there was another teacher in the room when it happened so they were able to 
um, support me and my like version of what happened. Um, but the fact that the parent like emailed the head principal directly about me and said all of these really like awful things that I had mm-hmm. done and I was I wasn't able to defend myself in that moment like I had to wait until the next day mm-hmm. to talk to the principal and then they told me not to respond you know until the next week which was good advice but like I had a panic attack mm-hmm. because I was so hurt and affected by like what this parent had said about me as an educator um about my professionalism you know and that's something that that just really woke my eyes to the fact that like I I'm doing this job and I care about it so much mm-hmm. and I'm killing myself in right. some instances to to be as good of a teacher as I can and then have somebody that doesn't know me hasn't been in my classroom hasn't you know seen the relationships that I have with kids saying these things about me mm-hmm. just really broke me and so that's probably one of the the instances that really made me think about like is my mental health mm-hmm. worth the other parts of it? Right. And for a long time, it was. You know, I was I was at my school for almost a decade mm-hmm. between being a full time teacher and being a, a like a teacher's assistant. And there are times throughout, you know, my years there that I couldn't picture myself doing something else. And then there were times where I thought, "There's no way I could be here for thirty years." Right. But there was always something about teaching about the kids about loving what I did that kind of outweighed all of the other Mm -hmm. stuff that was going on um until that wasn't the case anymore right and it was you know because I'm a list person you know making a list of like what I loved about it and what was stressing me out about Mm -hmm. it and like having that visual representation that there were way more things that were making it a struggle for me than the positives that I knew I had to fix something and change something. Right. And like something I want to touch on too is there's a difference between when you were saying that too, mental health and like doing what's right for you and mental toughness. Yeah. Because that's the thing too, which I feel like a lot of like you hear it from a lot of like male coaches mm-hmm. to like other male mm-hmm. people sport people like (laughs) I'm sorry but like listening to you try to talk about sports is my favorite thing (laughs) it's just funny but like you you know you hear you have to have mental toughness you can get through it you can push blah 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 but like there are certain boundaries that you have to understand that that's not good for your mental health and not saying like oh my gosh you can't wait like bench 10 more pounds but like it's that's different than being able to just put yourself through something that isn't good for you yeah and that that idea of mental toughness, I think, is often only viewed as one faceted, right? That if you're mentally tough, you're able to just grind through whatever it is that's happening mm-hmm. and get to the other side. Um, but mental toughness, like most aspects uh, or most qualities that we that we try to have or we try to instill in athletes are, are multifaceted, right? Because mental toughness can be realizing that I'm not having a good day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not performing the way that I need to be. So knowing that and being able to make a decision to bring yourself off and put somebody else in, in your place. Right. Or being able to decide that, you know, in this moment, I have to make this shot. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, we're going to lose this game. How do I talk to myself to get myself prepared for that? Mm-hmm. Um, because 
if we think about what we really want kids to have in regards to struggling through something and not quitting, it's resilience. Mm -hmm. It's knowing yourself, knowing what you're capable of. And sometimes knowing that you're incapable of doing something is just as important as knowing what you're capable of because then you're able to bring other people into your life that have the strengths that you don't to make things better. For my seniors, it's getting them hair and makeup professionals because like they look (laughs) at me and they're like, so you do it? And I said, no, absolutely not. I mean, I, I could do it right good no (laughs) good absolutely not I mean I could do it well I could do it probably as well as like their aunt Karen who comes in (laughs) to do their makeup sure cool (laughs) but like I can't I don't know what the heck happens in the makeup chair as far as like knowing everyone's skin tone like that's just not my forte and like being able to like know like I outsource my bookkeeping for a reason yeah can't do it like you know and so but the self-awareness I think is really big too and again as long as you're not giving up on every single thing and thinking I'm a failure and I'm gonna never be able to do anything but it's the once you hit that I'm overwhelmed I can't do it I can't function without Mm -hmm. a break or I can't function without you know removing this person or this thing from my life like it's so hard every time I lose like a friend or who I thought was a friend but then once like it's gone I'm like wait, I feel lighter. I feel less Mm -hmm. stressed. And, and at the time you don't realize what it is necessarily. And I had a talk with someone else. It's like when you're in something like in a toxic relationship or, you know, boyfriend, friendship, whatever it is, you don't realize it until you're out of it. And then it's like your eyes are opened and, and you might know something's wrong, but you don't realize to the capacity of how much it's affecting you. Because I'm sure again, like at first when you took your break, you're like, this is great. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I actually feel like 10,000 times better. You know, now I can run 20,000 miles and I'll still be good. Exactly. You know, I did that yesterday. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, for me, it was the opposite. For me, I felt very guilty the first several months, especially because I still talked to all of my friends in teaching Mm -hmm. and they were really struggling with the kids, with changes. But like, I just, I felt really guilty Mm -hmm. until um, I realized that it's okay to feel guilty about leaving them and feeling responsibility to them because that is something that you care about and something that you love but that doesn't have to be the defining emotion about how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. and the position that you're in now so it took it took a while for me to feel okay Mm -hmm. with that but very quickly I knew that I had made the right decision for my stress level for Mm -hmm. my anxiety for you know, so many other things. Well, and you're not the only one that's holding, like, if you're thinking about, like, I don't know, there's, like, a reference, like, holding up the fort. Like, you weren't the only one there. You shouldn't have, like, you shouldn't be, like, the column that's, like, the sole responsible to hold all of the weight. Like, yes, you might have left and, you know, whatever, but, like, they could have left, too. Yeah. And you could have felt the same way about them and they could have felt the same way about, like, you, and you know, and it's nothing personal. It's just the fact that you left that position. But like a lot of people, a lot of people pleasers take so many things personally. I can say from personal experience, (laughs) like when people would like not email me back and tell me they changed their mind and then all of a sudden I'd see their senior pictures with someone else. Like, I mean, not now, but back then I was like, and they didn't even have the respect to tell me they changed their mind or said no. Because like, you know, I feel like a lot of people are so scared to even say no in that case because then someone's going to hate you and someone's going to think that whatever and so like one thing I love about this podcast is like when you hear there aren't like the end-all be-all stories Mm -hmm. of and like the reactions that you think that are going to happen based off of movies or this or that it kind of brings more reality into like ideas and people are less afraid 
of the outcomes Mm -hmm. sometimes the outcome for me as a warrior is something that i think about constantly and i tend to catastrophize it so like the worst thing that's gonna happen Uh, so i did that a lot when i quit teaching um and um you know when i've when i've quit other things but i i'm lucky that i have people in my life that remind me of the things that I can't see in Mm -hmm. myself you know um because there are times when I've gone through breakups um and just felt really dejected afterward Mm -hmm. um and you know felt like things are never gonna get back on track for me Mm -hmm. um you know but I have my friend Kelly who's like my biggest hype woman who I could like I could just absolutely f something up and she'd be like you know what it's okay you're still great we're gonna move on we're gonna do this you got these other things going for you um which so everyone should have a supportive best every, friend yeah, like everybody that. needs a Kelly for sure um and you know it's it's important that you surround yourself with people like that that are gonna support your decision mm-hmm. even if they don't agree with it you right. know they'll challenge you um, but they're going to be there for you to remind you that you're, you're more capable of, right. of things than you believe and the good things are still going to come. Yeah. Is there any last topic that we didn't cover that you want to talk about on this episode? Cause I feel like it's full of so many great things and we could chat for hours because we I feel like could. we all have so many stories about quitting and how that's opened new doors and how that's changed things like I not a lot of people knew this and I talked about in like only one other episode but I wanted to be on the dance team like between my freshman and sophomore year yeah and I literally had zero prior dance experience somehow I made the skills tryout part and like everyone was like how like (laughs) what and then I didn't make the routine because I didn't have the muscle memory to do one thing after the other and learn it within such a short time period um but that led me to be able to focus all my time on yearbook and that's what started my business and you know even like the pandemic I think changed everyone's lives for the better not to be like great people like (laughs) I don't know but you know what I mean but the positives outside of it was like you know your brother deciding he wanted to travel for two Mm -hmm. years and you kind of realizing that was like the breaking point of okay no I really don't like what where I am at right now with my job um and not the job necessarily but like for you personally and like that was the thing that made me one realize I need to be online to be able to fully hold the capacity of my job and school and get through it but also creating the experience I have now for my seniors is I give them a whole pampering thing we have like five things together it's it's a big deal and realizing after so many things got taken away from seniors Mm -hmm. and their prom their homecoming all the senior like Um, privileges that they would have gotten were all taken away giving them an experience that they could look forward to made people's years and I was like you're kidding right but at the same time like no and then at the same time I continuing on with the experiences um it like senior year you've gone so far you've done a lot and you've pushed yourself and you've accomplished so much that it's so downplayed when you're not being celebrated And so senior pictures was my way of being able to celebrate part of the seniors lives and doing something super fun. Yeah. I I love all of that. And I, you know, I never miss an opportunity to brag about you (laughs) and tell everybody that they need to come see you. Um, No, but you just do such a great job. And I just love to talk about you to my students because you have accomplished so much and you're still such a young human being. Um, and it's not been easy. You know, you've like had things that you've struggled with and business things that like haven't worked that you've 
like persevered through and you're just such you're so bomb thank you thank you so back oh to back okay thing. back to my last thing. okay have- so the last thing that i wrote that i wrote down that i wanted to say which is i love su- that you brought notes thank you um which is super cringe okay so i'm just gonna preface that have right you now. heard how many cringe things i've said this A episode lot. so um okay so you you have to decide what's worth it and what's not you have to be ready for the consequences of the choices that you make you have to expect that you're going to make mistakes um, and you might have to correct them, but you have to be brave enough to try. Love. Yeah. Love. And again, you can always go back yeah. to what was before. I mean, unless you can't, but like, you know, yeah. if it's a situation where you can go back, you can always go back. There's nothing wrong. I think a lot of people want to like save face and be like, I'm just leaving it. It's, yeah. It's gone and it's bye. But like, you can always go back. If it was something that you loved and you realized after being away, you loved it. I mean, that's how people get back together in relationships. And sometimes it mm-hmm. works, sometimes it doesn't. But the ones that do work out were the ones that were like meant to be in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe it was like the wrong time and yeah. all of that stuff. But no, I love it. I'm so excited. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you for being here. And thank you guys for listening.